Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Joining us, joining us is a powerhouse in Tennessee, uh, Memphis to be exact. Uh, I'm going to just read a quote that's over her shoulder. My art is therapeutic. It helps me to survive. And I pray that it extends the same lifeline to those who experience it. You better say all of that. Let me welcome founder of Memphis Artists for Change, Tamika Daniel Greer. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much, Karen, for having me. Dr. Pinky, thank you for being here as well. So glad to be in this space today. Listen, uh, there's a lot. Tennessee was in the news a lot. You know, (laughs) y'all had some stuff happen. And I said to myself, you know, this is performative. There are things actually happening on the streets that we need to know about. Yes, I hate gun violence. I'm going to show up for the children. And, you know, if I were there, I'd probably get kicked out as well. But how does it free us? How, or Sonia Sanchez, Sonia Sanchez would say, uh-huh, uh-huh, but how do it free us? How do it free us? How do it free us? <laughs> so that seems to be your edict. It it absolutely is, man. There's a, a, a The powers that be are trying to just kill the power of the people on the ground. So um, we're trying to let folk know, specifically it's black folk in Tennessee and, and liberation belongs to us. It is our birthright. So uh, yeah, whatever it takes to move power back to where it belongs, which is where the people, with the people is how we move. So I always wonder, you know, because people complain about things. Uh, very few actually get up and do something. So what was the call for you to get up and do something instead of just saying, oh, well, things are never going to be different? Man, so so actually that's how Memphis Artists for Change formed, right? In 2012, we were actually just a service organization. We started off a Facebook conversation about uh, people being apathetic and not wanting to do anything in their city. So we decided as a group of artists, how can we get together and just start supporting work that was already happening? Um, and what we found through doing that is that uh, people weren't necessarily listening to the communities. They were coming with their own ideas of how communities should solve their problems. So once we formed the 501c3, all of our programming started being directed by the community, what the people say, what the people say they need, how do people feel like they can fix their own problems, and how do we galvanize the power of all of us and synergize it to make some real change happen in Memphis. And art, because um, I, I, I believe that music, all, all expressions of art are central key. You know, it's the drumbeat in our spirits that line up with that, that moves us. It's reason yes. why those songs and those mark, you know, it moves us. Right. So art, I think is key. I don't think we do much of anything. I mean, you think about the Haitian revolution, it was drums, drums, which is why they outlawed them in, in America, United States, because they were like, Oh, them drums can send messages. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. No, no gatherings. No, no. Got to yeah. separate them. They can't be singing too much. They can't come together yeah, and no drums. What is your art? Tamika Greer. I, I am a spoken word artist in the playwright. Um, I have a one, uh, producer, one woman show. Um, and also uh, Memphis Artists for Change promotes artists across all genres. What we believe mostly is healthy people and healthy communities to your point have arts, you know, and access to arts all around. So that is my craft is spoken word artist. I'm a poet and a writer. Um, but my goal in life is to make sure that we always have artist, artistic offerings in the city. Sister Tamika, there's a, a quote from you that I, I adore where you said, I'm constantly in a position with funders who just don't understand that providing infrastructure takes more than $5,000, takes $50,000, $500,000, $5 million. 
We need investors who prioritize music arts in smaller communities who want a lasting impact that nourishes generations and feeds their livelihood and not with a two-piece chicken snack dinner. <laughs> I put my money where my mouth is. I want others to do the same. You know, I, I, I didn't, it didn't really occur to me until I got a little older that to be in art is also to be in business. And when you think about performing arts, you think about uh, visual arts, you think about literary arts, at the end of the day, if you're starting a career in the arts, you're starting a business. Okay. I don't think people fully appreciate that if you want to be good at it, you can't just be good at the art. You got to be good at the business of art too. Could you school our listeners that don't understand what I don't didn't understand on that dynamic? So again, Memphis Artists for Change absolutely believes that, which is why we try to support artists and give them other avenues to um to build their their repertoire, right? So we out there, we need headshots, but everybody wants to get booked for the big gig, right? But you don't have a headshot. Um, mm -hmm. But we also need systems to provide infrastructure to support arts, right? There are, there are cities and cultures built around art. Memphis is home of the blues, supposedly, right? We, we house Graceland. We have some of the most untapped um, vocal artists, visual artists in this country. And the problem is there is no local infrastructure to help. Memphis also has a high poverty rate, right? But mm -hmm. there is a business side to it that we try and make sure artists understand like, hey, file your taxes. You know, um, you you if you sold a piece of art and you work out of your office, make sure you file this space on your uh, you file for those earnings on your taxes. There are just so many things that we don't know when we're out here trying to you know uh, big up ourselves or create a platform for us to expose our our craft on. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the the art the, the business of it is often lacking with a lot of art artists. Mm -hmm. But I will uh, push back just a little and say that there are so many people who benefit from it. Mm -hmm. local municipalities, uh, big businesses who mm -hmm. also need to be creating infrastructure and support for artists. Absolutely. And and draw for us the connection to, to what you just said. I mean, there's also a, a component of the, I don't think we talk about the arts as economic development, but I believe it is. So could you give voice to that too? So it absolutely is. We actually have a space in the heart of Soulsville, Tennessee called the Art House Cafe, right? And so people imagine, immediately think it's strictly about the food that's being served. But if you come into that space, there's art by Black art, local Black artists all over the walls, right? And when people come in, the first thing they want to know is how do I purchase this art? Where can I find this artist, right? So giving place and space for people to even showcase their work so they, they can then create a market or the people that know that there is a market for it um, mm -hmm. is necessary. So really, um, I'm not trying to avoid your questions, but really want to point to the mm -hmm. fact that it's pointed to there is such a deficit in mm -hmm. the infrastructure needed, you know, really for artists to really build upon um, mm -hmm. what is already here. I love I love the starting point. Uh, Tamika Greer is here, founder of Memphis Artists for Change. And you can go to memphisartistsforchange.org and follow them at memarts the number four change on the IG and on the Twitters, uh, Memphis artists for change on IG mem arts for change. Cause Twitter has the, the character limit on <laughs> Twitter. Um, at what I understand, uh, the power of Memphis through the story of Robert Reed church. Are you a native of Memphis? Born and bred. I love okay. to tell people I am from the state of Memphis, which borders the state of Tennessee. Okay. Per, per the way our legislature has been treating us. Yes, yes. <laughs> the apartheid state that it is now. Um, 
I read this book, Black Fortunes, a few years ago. I just I learned about Robert Reed Church, Robert Church Sr., Beale Street. I learned about his influence on Black Wall Street and funding, mm-hmm. helping to fund a lot of the people that went to Oklahoma for, for the, the land that the government was giving away. And then the, they only gave the, the worst land to the black people and only to discover <laughs> there was oil there. Was Thank oil. you. Yeah, that's what you get. Um, what, what are you taught about this man in school in Memphis? Man, you better know some black elders learn about Robert R. Church in schools. Or, you know, there there are some black educators who are um, some educators in our public schools who go out of their way to make sure that we know who Robert R. Church is. Um, but um, there, our history seems to be trying to be buried from us um, so that we can repeat the things of the past. But Robert Church, there are, there are actually areas named after him. What we hope to do is to amass what that was, you know, to bring that back, to revitalize that time with Black power. We are a Black city, right? West Tennessee has the largest, Memphis has the largest portion of Black people in the whole state, right? So what I know legislature knows is that there is power sitting in the corner of Tennessee that if it breaks out, will break across the whole state, right? Uh, Robert Church was a great example of not only how do I come up, but how do I also empower other black people? Or I, I kind of hate the word empower, I'm, I'm struggling with it back and forth, but how do I give people space to utilize the power that they already have? Right, I think about us as, you know, we have all of the energy inside. We just need the outlet, the plug. We just need to yes. plug in. We just need to plug in. Yeah. It's, we got the power source. We are the power. We, we just got to plug it in, you know, um, to, to access all of the goodness. But I feel and like a multi plug at that care. Yeah. So four, that other people, when the, so yes, yes, yes. <laughs> when the power strips and then everybody yeah. could just plug in and get some like <laughs> I, I, you, you say this, you embody this. Like you just want people to wake up to their power. I say this every day just about on these airwaves because I just look at oh the the reason why they're big mad is because they see something that you don't nobody would be crying about your history if it wasn't so empowering if it wasn't so powerful to know nobody would be banning these books if these books couldn't awaken something nobody would be mad at you coming into the neighborhoods or whatever or coming here if they no, they know they can't compete. So the only way they maintain power is to suppress the vote, to suppress you, to denigrate you. And if you allow that, because as soon as we just say, oh, oh, no, 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 <laughs> it's over. Right. And more of us need to say, no, no, no. H- how are you working in Memphis? Because I feel like it is got to be these these little, pl- you know, these little touchstones all over. Man, it's. Is much so, so. So Memphis Artists for Change is first a part of the Black Southern Women's Collaborative, right? Which is a collaborative of Black women-led organizations who are doing power building across the South. Um, so wow. what what our goal is here locally in Memphis is to build build with regular folk, right? Folk on the ground, the candy lady, uh, the guy who uh, going in the store to buy some loose. Squares, you know, the guy who just got out of jail, the high school student who may or may not know what they want to do, you know, Auntie Becky on the corner who gonna feed everybody, the elder in the neighborhood who know everybody business. We're trying, so making sure people recognize that there is real power. So come with us and just just stand on this platform and watch how what happens when we galvanize our power together, right? So organizing in Memphis looks really, really, I won't say different, but it's very intentional about organizing with regular folk, right? We do have uh, clergy partners who we organize with, but our focus 
are, are knocking on doors in neighborhoods that are most being impacted by these laws, this legislation, and um, and, and the, the voices that people think will never come out and say anything. Mm-hmm. We're trying to give what we're trying to make sure that they have a microphone to amplify amplify their voices, right? You know, in Tennessee, 20% of black folk can't vote because they have a felony conviction on their record. That's one out of five. 20 to zero? Of black, 20, 21 is the most accurate number. As one out of five black people in the entire state of Tennessee cannot vote because of a felony record, right? And these are people who make, many of them have served their time. Many of them have paid their fines, but surely if they're out of jail, they've done what they said they needed to do to be restored to society. But what happens if we give voice back to give voting rights back to that 20%, right? So it's all about us also learning to play the long game. So the short game is reacting to all the foolishness that's constantly being done daily in legislative halls. The long game is like, how do we get here? And how do we then start to reverse some of those things that have us in this position? So if we can get 20% of black folk back connected to the voting rolls, Watch what happens in Nashville when it comes to Tennessee. You hit on some real important points, uh, Sister Tamika. And I know you founded the organization in 2012, if I saw correctly. So you've been around for 11 years, which means you've seen the murder of George Floyd on the watch of your organization. And you've seen what has transpired very recently in Tennessee with the Tennessee Three. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to hear from you. How have you pivoted in your work in response to those two events, George Floyd's murder, 2020, Tennessee 3, 2023, and what's been the impact on your work of those events as well? I'll say George Floyd pivoted us um, great. We started really community organizing, right? We were basically more of a mutual aid. We were responding to the needs in the community. Y'all need food, we coming up with a food bank. Y'all need clothes, we got a clothes drive, school supply drive. Um, but we knew then that we needed to mobilize people once George Floyd came about. You know, mm-hmm. Tennessee legislature had this law where they, in response to the article I wrote about criminalizing protests, where they were, um, now you get, you can get a felony if you sleep on state grounds overnight, right? And so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. A, felony. A, felony. Yeah. a felony. Get the rabbit hole that that takes us down when you think about uh, unhoused people who typically are, mm-hmm. you can find in those areas who may be sleeping. So now you're criminalizing the unhoused as well, right? Mm-hmm. So but what happens when you get a felony, right? It impacts your housing, it impacts your ability to get access to jobs. So your economic status, Memphis Arts for Change, knew we had to move, that, you know, and who are the protesters, you know? So once you start criminalizing activists, some become now fearful of what may happen if, if I get a felony. Um, it's 45 days in jail automatically if um, um, if you're convicted of, of, of aggravated rob- rioting, you know, and who, who gets to decide if it's rioting or not, right? So Memphis Arts for Change knew we had to pivot in such a way that the people, again, who were most impacted would have a voice. So we started knocking on doors, right? We had 5,000 conversations in our own city with folks. We talked to people who were being purged from the voter rolls. Shelby County, Tennessee purged over 100,000 people from the voting rolls here. Just because they may have moved or if you hadn't voted in the last two federal elections, if it's my right, I ought to be able to keep it. <laughs> so, you know, what we knew then is we had to contact those people who were being purged from the voting rolls. We knocked doors in the highest impacted areas where those folk were being purged and trust and believe it was poor black folk. 
Mm -hmm. Um, so we had we had this we had to pivot with that. And with Tennessee three, which now I say two, um, you know, thank the sister for her solidarity, but two folk got kicked out. Um, mm -hmm. the Tennessee two also made us realize that hey, we need to also focus on this this magic trick they doing out here. You know what I'm saying? They keep pivoting from the real problem of what we're protesting about and they want to focus on the protest. So we have all this, this activity around the, the actions of those who are using their First Amendment right to talk about things that are impacting their communities in a negative way. So yeah, we're, we're moving toward uh, legislation and we're going in the rural areas now talking to folk who are just as impacted too. How much of their celebrity uh, will inspire other young people to get involved in them politics. And exactly. and what has been your assessment? Because you've been working and doing this work, as Dr. Pink has pointed out, for uh, more than a decade, right? So now it's like instant fame. Hello? Yes. What do you think the impact is going to be for, for their presence? Is this, you know, are you seeing a lot more young people want, want to get involved? Um, I do, especially around like issues, right? Um, so like the, we, we do a lot of voter registration with high school seniors. Um, you'll be surprised how many of them have a concern about gun violence and, you know, the excessive amount of guns and how young people have such access to them. Um, just, I think the thing is showing them it's possible. Like the first time I took a young person to the city council meet and they got to pull a car and talk to the city council, like they were ready to run on, not just a little longer, forever. They started grabbing people because it's, oh, I have a voice and folk are listening. They didn't even have, the solution didn't come about. But just knowing that that avenue is there to, to project their voice. And now it's like, well, let me go get some more folks so we can make this solution happen. So yeah, young people are excited. I think we're not doing enough of uh, showcasing those young people applauding them because you know we do a great job of showcasing young people who are in trouble or who have a narrative that uh we wouldn't like to see exposed as much um so i think just letting um letting it be known that this young folk out here doing this work we um marched in support of justin pearson um in the shelby county commission bringing him back well i had 15 young people um who um come out of the foster care system marching with us so, you know, we, you know, young people are ready to do this work. They just also want to know they're welcomed in the work and their voices are honored. I love it. How how can we support your work? What, hey, what do you need? What, what, what we need definitely is across this country, we need folk to um, be talking about how do we avoid preemption? So, you know, we have people in, in government who talk about they don't like big government until it comes to the state implementing its will on local municipalities, right? So we need to be really doing the work around avoiding preemption where we can still own our autonomy and our power, again, bringing the power back to the people. Um, you know, Memphis Artists for Change is doing great work not, to not just support artists and su support movement work, but again, we are still a mutual aid organization. So, hey, there's a donation page on the website, uh, feel free to donate um, and come learn about the work. Reach out, call, hit the ground. We need some folk to knock doors in West Tennessee because we are here. I tell people all the time, Tennessee ain't gotta be blue. It just gotta be fair to black people, you know? And so we need we need to be knocking doors to find the black people. Um, I love, so I love and, that, and, you know, getting wrapped up in partisan politics, I think has been uh, to me, one of the ways in which we abdicate our power. 
because you can work with anybody to get the things that you want. <laughs> How many people have no negotiated corporate America, Brandon exactly. Pinkett, you know, to get the things that you want people who may not see you as, you know, equal or whatever, but it's, it's, you know, transactional. And we exactly. need to be more transactional with our vote and demand some things and, and definitely put into place what we want. Everything doesn't have to go our way to get everything that we need. To get everything that we need. You're sure right. And it's something all of us could do, you know, right? So I tell people, you you may not have your voting rights, but if it's something you're concerned about in your neighborhood, let's get to it. How do we get to it? You want to complain about the dirt on the street? Well, I'm going to come help you clean it up. And then how do we then talk to our officials about why is there so much trash being allowed to be on our street? But let's get off the sidelines of, of conversation couches, you know, and get in these streets and be about the work of getting our liberation. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, uh, anytime you need to say anything, just just let us know. We are here for you. Tamika Greer, appreciate you. I greatly appreciate yes. it. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Dr. Oh. Pinkett. It has been Thank amazing. You. Thank you. Our pleasure. MemphisArtistForChange.org. Go there, get involved. Uh, follow them at Memphis Artist, the number four change on IG and Mem Arts, the number four change on the Twitters. Tamika Greer, powerhouse. Appreciate you. Thank you for coming. All right, through. y'all be peace. All right. Blessings, uh, blessings to you. Yes. When we come back, Dr. Pinkett is sticking around. We're going to also talk about his amazing book. Uh, but let me tell you. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.